where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. I'm gonna ride the chariot in the morning, Lord. Ride the chariot. Come on, you're all thinking it. Morning. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty well documented that spirituals had a hidden meaning and messages. And they were sung in the fields or in houses of prayer to convey something. These messages were not readily known or obvious to folks outside of the enslaved community. And the meaning of ride the chariot in the morning was that the escape is going to happen tomorrow morning. Are you ready? And meeting the Lord was the epitome of freedom. So they were taking the journey to freedom. And in this way, spirituals are like parables. Because parables, bleh, parables also convey meaning and messages about the Jesus movement, which to some was not welcome. So there's meanings and messages that are not readily known or obvious to me, <laughs> and perhaps even to you still. And that's why we're taking a closer look at some of the parables in this sermon series that started last week and will continue for a few more weeks. And I'm relying in part on the scholarship of Amy Jill Levine. Uh, she's a Jewish scholar who mentions that parables help to point out the hidden aspects of our own values. Parables point us toward the values of Jesus and in turn the values of what life would, be, would look like and feel like and sound like if God's dream was enacted. And toward that end, each parable casts a light on God, on the world, and on the self for self-reflection. Each parable invites us to see in a new way by welcoming the surprise of what is revealed. And sometimes surprise is welcome and sometimes it's not. So again, I will remind you that discomfort can be the beginning of learning, especially in this context. If something nudges you in a way that's uncomfortable, consider that the invitation of the Spirit. And let's trust that the Spirit is always leading us to wholeness and health and new life. It's been said that the best teachers show you where to look, but don't tell you what to see. And today Jesus asks us to look at the mustard seed. Mustard of the Eastern world grew and spread very quickly. It's not the plant that led to the condiment that might be in your refrigerator. Farmers did not like it because it could take over a field and ruin the useful production of grain. It was essentially a shrub, not a tree. Parable writers or tellers are allowed to use hyperbole. It was a despised and rejected weed. It threatened to destroy a cultivated field or a garden by taking it over. With that information, let's pause for a moment to consider what it might be like to hear this parable as a landowner. What if for you... 
Your land was about production, and production was about profit. Or consider what this parable might sound like to a person who's hired to work the fields, the person whose job it is to get rid of the weed so that the other crop can thrive, staying ahead of those weeds. The gardeners in this room know what that's like. And now pause for a moment to consider a person who's eager for a change in the power structure of the ancient world, who would maybe like to have their own land and not be an indentured servant or slave. Imagine the power of a movement like this where sprouted seeds interrupt business as usual. Imagine the tiny seed of, say, a dozen people who began a 240-mile walk to protest assault tax. The British rule in India that said that this readily available resource that people could cultivate themselves was taxed. The salt march, which was led by Gandhi, began with about a dozen people and spread, took over to about 80,000 participants. And then you add journalists that help to expose the oppressive rule of this taxation system. And this publicly cast a light on the injustice to an international audience. And it eventually led to India's independence. Isn't that nice when light is shed on an oppressive rule and it gets changed? Not easily, not overnight, but it does get changed. Or maybe imagine the tiny seed of another march. This one was only 54 miles, about, from Selma to Montgomery, to register black voters in the South. And this was just one tiny piece, one tiny seed of the deeply ingrained injustice of white supremacy. It began as several hundred, and countless thousands participated along the way. This march required very different preparation and planning. The resistance of the landowner was brutal and barbaric. The movement was seen as despised and troublesome weed. The struggle to maintain unfair power played out vividly at the edge of a bridge that was named after a man who became the Grand Dragon or the state director of the Ku Klux Klan in Alabama, a bridge enshrined to that system of power. On this MLK weekend, it seems worth mentioning, mentioning that Dr. King knew the teachings of Christianity. He knew the teachings of Jesus. He comes from a long line of preachers, but his his writings note that he was skeptical about the notion of love and loving our neighbors and enemies. In his writings, he acknowledged that he learned more about love from Gandhi than from his Sunday school class. He was a very serious student. And in his studies of Gandhi, he learned that love was a potent instrument for social and collective transformation and that love was always 
nonviolent. I wonder where Jesus learned this. He too was committed to this concept of love and practice of love. This notion of love where care becomes courage somehow. And not just care, but something visceral inside that just doesn't quit. It just continues to nudge until the care flows out into compassion and courage. The deep commitment to serve from the perspective of the dirt, the perspective of the dirt, the ground of being where all seeds have the potential to thrive and where the product or the crop produced is one where the most vulnerable can make a home and dwell in peace. Those are the nests that Amelia showed to our children today. That's why some gospel writers used the image of a tree, because trees often have nests, don't they? So where are the places where everyone can have a place to live? Not just live, but a home. Not just a home, but the capacity to dwell in peace. I saw this at work, just a tiny little seed of this at work, quite by surprise, at Modern Market a few weeks ago. I know, right? It started as an outing for a dozen or so people. They were pretty confident they could get others to join the cause. The plan was to meet for dinner. And the business owner would give 50% of the profits to help purchase building supplies for the folks in Puerto Rico. Sound familiar? To your guests, you'll, I'll keep giving you information and you'll, you'll catch on. Folks immediately began planning and publicly proclaiming the good news through word of mouth, Facebook, Instagram, our bulletin, announcements, setting calendars and alarms, which is what happens at our house. And here's where the surprising thing happened. While waiting in line, people from church began speaking to people that were not in the know and sharing with them what was happening. Hmm. We don't really think of ourselves as evangelists, do we? But there it was, and it was beautiful. Because here's one story that you may not have heard. Linda Pettit, who is in Puerto Rico right now with our team, was standing in line and just sharing with the person, matter-of-factly, what was happening. Because if you, you weren't allowed to publicize it to people coming in, but if you had a casual conversation and said, hey, here's what we're doing, that person could go up to the register and say, hey, I'm part of this group. 50% of the profit goes into the pot. You see this weed, this shrub, as it grows. So Linda Pettit says to someone, hey, we're here, we're doing a fundraiser because we're going to Puerto Rico and all the money raised here is going to buy supplies to help rebuild houses. And the woman broke into tears. She had family in Puerto Rico. She was headed to Pilates and she was going to go tell everyone at Pilates to come back to Modern Market. And I have a suspicion she did because we raised a lot more at the second dinner than we did at the first dinner. And both dinners were well over $400, which may not seem like a lot, but it is. In Puerto Rico, 
for building supplies, that goes a long way. Everybody on that trip paid their own way. And every penny that was raised is going toward that. Business as usual was interrupted for a greater good. We literally took over the place. It was pretty fun. It was a beautiful field of yellow. Now, friends, you know that there are many fields to cover. And I want to caution you against the false rhetoric of folks who are saying God is on our side. I want you to hear that as the person who wants a different power distribution. I don't want you to hear that as the landowner, the person who's working the field. I want you to hear that as the person that wants a different order because if you really want a different order, you don't want God to be on our side. You want to be on God's side. And like Dr. King, we need to be serious students of what that means. We need to study it. Don't just let me do all the reading or Amelia do all the storytelling or the choir, all the anthems with their theology. Let's allow our care and our courage to be used toward the living of God's dream. That movement is already in motion. We're not going to be the ones starting it. We're going to be the ones catching up to it stepping to the side. A plus to the people who wore yellow today. Let's keep wearing yellow. It doesn't always have to be visible. But let's keep wearing yellow because that's part of living God's dream. Let's annoy the crap out of people. <laughs> or just invite them to dinner. I want to invite you to put down the hymnal and to put down your bulletin as well. Our benediction this morning will have many voices, and there's a part for you too. There's going to be a phrase or two read, and then all of the readers are going to say, continue. And when you hear us all say continue, I'm going to ask you to say continue, so you'll be our echo our much louder echo. And this is a poem by Maya Angelou, and it's intended to serve the purpose of blessing, of encouragement, and to remember that you have a part in spreading and fulfilling God's dream. My wish for you is that you continue. 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 To be who and how you are, to astonish a mean world with your acts of kindness. Continue. Continue. To allow humor to lighten the burden of your tender heart. Continue. Continue. In a society dark with cruelty, to let the people hear the grandeur of God in the peals of your laughter. Continue. 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 To let your eloquence elevate the people to heights they had only imagined. Continue. 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 To remind the people that each is as good as the other. 
and that no one is beneath nor above you. Continue. 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 To remember your own young years as with favor upon the long, the lost, and the least, and the lonely. Continue. 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 To put the mantle of your protection around the bodies of the young and defenseless. Continue. Continue. To take the hand of the despised and diseased and walk proudly with them in the high street. Some might see you and be encouraged to do likewise. Continue. Continue. To plant a public kiss of concern on the cheek of the sick and the aged and the infirm, and to count that as a natural action to be expected. Continue. 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 To let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer, and let faith be the bridge, the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Continue. Continue. To ignore no vision which comes to enlarge your range and increase your spirit. Continue. 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 To dare to love deeply and risk everything for the good thing. Continue. 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 To float happily in the sea of infinite substance which set a rise riches for you before you had a name. Continue. Continue. And by doing so, you and your work will be able to continue eternally. 